Yo, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Most of Low Budget Movie Reviews. I am your host, Clarence. Thank you for tuning in. In today's episode, I'm going to revisit a couple of classics. Uh, you might have heard my episode a while back. I did uh, Beat Street. Uh, and if you haven't, definitely go check that one out um, if you haven't listened to it already. And I teased I wanted to do a couple of more uh, music-type movies from that era. And another one I absolutely loved, and this other one uh, definitely was a cash grab by the studio, which not a lot of people have heard of, uh, but I'm going to bring it up and see if you guys have heard of this one. Now, both are worth a watch, but for different reasons, and I'll get into that in a minute. So let's start with one of my favorite dance movies, and you know it's about breakdance, and it's called Breaking to Electric Boogaloo. Now, if you're wondering what that subtitle means, Electric Boogaloo, uh, it's actually a style of breakdancing they used in the movie. Now, why did I start with the sequel and not the original? Now, for me, I think the sequel had a more entertaining story, better music, and overall, the dancing was better choreographed. And I'll get into some of that in a minute. But first, let me give you a little background. Breaking 2 uh, was definitely a cash grab. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie about that. Because both the original and the sequel came out in the same year, in 1984, which doesn't happen often. Now, the original cost $1.2 million to make, and it's finished its original theatrical run at just over $38 million. So, I mean, that's quite the return. So, they rushed that sequel out the door to make sure they can cash in as quickly as possible. And they doubled the budget, about $3 million. But the sequel did make significantly less uh, than the original, about half that amount at $15 million, uh, which is still a big success financially, but they saw the writing on the wall. It had some pretty diminishing returns, so they got out of that breaking business, and we never saw uh, that third movie. Usually sequels continue the story when they have you know the same characters, but not this one. It's still centered around Kelly, Turbo, and Ozone. However, instead of Kelly being this fish-out-of-water white girl who is struggling waitress trying to make, you know, trying to make her way in the dance scene and she comes across these two street dancers and learns all about, you know, break-in and all that kind of stuff. And I guess they didn't think this was, her character was good enough, so they kind of scrapped her whole character and decided to just change it to a different stereotype because uh, now Kelly is working on this chorus line as a dancer but frustrated with the small parts. And her parents are super rich, and they don't like her dancing. And they certainly don't want her hanging out with the street dance element people, quote, word for black. Uh, you know, typical rich white people stuff. But Turbo and Ozone, they were working at a convenience store in the original. Now they work at this community center called Miracles, which is a good cause. But they pretty much work there all day. And they never really made it clear how they actually earn a living. So I'm not quite sure what they do between volunteering at Miracles all day and what they do for money. And they have like really nice clothes for that time. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's nice clothes for today. But at that time, they had some really nice clothes, colorful outfits. And, you know, they had to buy all this stuff to, you know, match for the for the dance routines and the battles and stuff they get into. So I don't know where the money comes from. But anyway, Kelly is taking a break from dancing and is helping out at the community center. 
Meanwhile, this mean old wealthy white man wants to tear down miracles and build a shopping center. And the building is below code and needs repairs. So the only way to save the building is to dance. What else are you going to do? So they put on this major, you know, dance production at the center to raise, I, I like, I want to say like 15,000, something like that. But there is other drama as well as a local dance crew wants to battle. Oh, and, and Kelly and Ozone are an item, but has an old girlfriend that works there and she still loves him. But that storyline doesn't really go anywhere. Um, they can't let Ozone have all the fun. So Turbo has a love interest this time, and it's a woman that doesn't speak English. But that doesn't matter. They can communicate through dance. <laughs> and this scene is the highlight of the movie for me with Turbo dancing in this rotating room. So it looks like he is doing knee spins on the ceiling. Blew my mind as a kid. But there's this one scene where Turbo falls down like a million steps and breaks a bunch of bones and is concussed. But that's okay. They go see him in the hospital and dance. You know, the dance heals him instantly. (laughs) Oh, and Kelly does get a big part and she has to decide if she's going to stay and help save miracles or if she's going to go to this job in, I believe it's France or something like that. But, of course, it's little dance festivals in the streets, and it's not going to raise that kind of money. But it's a good thing. Kelly's father is watching it on local TV, and the whole thing is being televised uh, for some reason. Not sure why. He decides that they're working hard for what they believe in and just gives them the money uh, that they're short on, and they dance some more. Yes, I ruined the movie for you, but in this case, that's not the point. The dancing, to a lesser degree, the music... Are the stars here? Each scene is just an excuse to get to the next super colorful, well choreographed musical number. This is the movie that made me want to get into break dancing, which I wasn't very good at at all. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but this movie doesn't hold up as far as me thinking it was a good movie, as I think I pretty much explained here. But it's so bad, it's good, and the dancing and music are so entertaining. You can forgive this one for being bad. Now, the pros uh, on Rotten gave it a 29% for obvious reasons, but the audience on over 5,000 reviews was at 67%, which feels a little too high for me. I'll put this one right at a 55%. Uh, but again, this was a good movie for the time that I saw it, but I would still recommend seeing this just for the time capsule effect of the whole thing. Now, This next one is a real treat if you like bad movies. It's called Rappin'. No creativity with that title. Uh, Pretty transparent what they were hoping for on this $2 million budget. I think they made a little less than three. Uh, So it didn't really work out. The problem was they called it Rappin', but there was no real high-level rapping going on. First of all, it starred Mario Van Peoples as an ex-con rapper character that was in charge of some gang. And this was the flakiest off-brand gang you've ever seen in your life. These people didn't look like they even should know each other. But they didn't look like they should be friends or even be living in the same neighborhood, let alone being in a gang together. Now, there's some some, there was some kind of subplot about a slumlord or something. Uh, oh, and his name is John Hood. Bet you can't guess what his rapping name is. You give up? If you guessed Rapping Hood, you win. 
Uh, the writers didn't even try at all. They clearly were just trying to cash in. And for some reason, he has all this rapping ability, but he doesn't want to use it. He just raps for himself. And boy, these raps are something else. I want to say this is one of those free streaming platform movies. I think you can watch it on like Pluto or Tubi or something like that. So if you want to see some really bad acting, a nonsensical plot, some ABC type rhymes that they swear are really good, and he actually gets a record deal off of these rhymes, then you need to, uh, you really need to watch this one. Do yourself a favor. If you're born in that era and you've never seen rapping, you have to see this one. Um, now, this was bad for 1985. This was bad. And it's even worse now. Still funny, though. Uh, there's no pro score on this one. The audience is at a 35% on over 100 reviews. And that's just way too high, actually. This is more like a 20% movie. And only because it's unintentionally funny. So, this one, yeah, obviously, like I said, it wasn't good then. It's not good now. Uh, but I definitely would still check it out just to see, uh, just for the novelty of it all. Now, with that being said, I'm going to close it out right here. If this is the first time, don't make it your last. This has been a Pod Bean production, mostly low-budget movie reviews with Clarence. Thank you once again for tuning in. I appreciate the support, and I will see you guys next time. Peace.